Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, hey, welcome back, Solar Warrior. It's another Tactical Tuesday. And regardless of what day you're listening, we drop these short form conversations every Tuesday with subject matter experts designed to give you practical tools, tips, and advice for building your solar business or career. Now, I know I said this is short form, but today we're going to have a little bit of a longer conversation. This is my friend, Dr. Tamika Jock. She is the Director of Workforce Development for Massachusetts Clean Energy Center, and she's also the COO of Fruitful Vision Enterprise. She's been in workforce development for over 18 years and has the honor of assisting with distribution of nearly 30 million in workforce training programs that have targeted women, minorities, college students, youth, unemployed, and underemployed. Dr. Jacques is also the author of A Brown Girl's Guide to Employment and Networking. I was happy to have Dr. Jacques speak to our Suncast Career Summit back in the fall of 2020. And I hope that we'll have a chance to have her back at one of our future career events. And I hope that you'll join us in one of those as well. But for now, let's get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior. We're going a little bit back in time to Dr. Tamik Jock's presentation on the subject of unconscious bias, how to identify it, how to overcome it. My name is Tamika Jacques from the Massachusetts Clean Energy Center. I've been with the Massachusetts Clean Energy Center since 2012. So it's been about eight, eight and a half years that I've been with them. Um, and I've enjoyed, you know, every day, every program that has been created, um, you know, all ways that we are here to change the clean energy industry. I am all for it. So I'm just going to move forward uh, since we have short time together. Um, this is what the agenda is going to look like over the next 30, 40 minutes. I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. I'm going to ask you a question to do on your own. I call them quiet voice questions. I'm going to give you some definitions. Um, we're going to talk about some diversity traits, unconscious bias, the effects the glance at the Massachusetts industry. Um, I'm going to give you a test that you can take. Uh, I say a post-test, pre-test, pre-test, post-test that you could take as uh, we talk about this, um, this topic of unconscious bias. We'll talk a little bit about how to move forward. And then at the end, I'm going to ask that all questions be held until the end. And then I don't mind um, staying on to answer questions. So, with that said, I am going to move right along to my first slide, which is who is Tamika Jacques and uh, why is she here? I like to tell um, this story of, I'd like to open up with a story, should I say, of really how I got to the Massachusetts Clean Energy Center. Um, as I said, I started in 2012. Uh, prior to that, my work was working on the Massachusetts uh, Investment Board. And during that time, 
we have received um, our funds, right? Um, so this was under Obama and we were working on clean energy. We were working on weatherization. And so when I was being recruited to um, the Massachusetts Clean Energy Center, they said to me, you know, we have this great internship program and, you know, it can be developed out. It has a great budget item. And they were really bragging, you know, about this program. And so I was like, well, it sounds great. Like, how does it work? And they said, well, we provide internships for students to go work uh, at clean energy companies. We provide uh, the reimbursements to the company. If they take on a student, we will reimburse them. And so, you know, everyone was all excited about the program. And, it, you know, that's how they recruited me. Like, you know, this is one of the programs that you're going to manage. And so when I came in, um, the program had taken place during one summer. And I looked at the data and it had 85 students that had participated um, that summer. And, and it was great. I mean, every, there was press on the program. But when you looked at the data that was lying underneath all the advertisement that um, the program had received from different press agencies, you could see the data was terrible. Now, what do I mean by terrible? So out of the 80 five internships that we had provided that previous summer, 98% of the internships had went to white males from private elite um, universities. So meaning that um, the other 2% that were allowed to have an internship were either from a community college, they were from a public college, they were a woman, or they were um, of minority background. And so when I saw the data, I immediately paused and said, we cannot brag about this, um, this internship any longer until we figure out the underlying cause of why 98% of the people that benefited from this internship program were white males from private universities. And so as I began to look at data, that's when I really discovered um, for myself, not that I didn't know previously, but I really had to break it down for our board of directors, for our agency, how unconscious bias can play into how someone is hired, how they are retained, and how they are promoted, right? So that's a little bit about me, how I started talking about this topic for the past eight years. Um, and really, it really has been a passion of mine really ever since. So I just want to share that with you, give you some context of why that, you know, I really like talking about this because the programs that I've created at the Massachusetts Clean Energy Center really does try to address the unconscious bias. Okay. So I told you we would do, I would give you a few questions. One thing about unconscious bias is it, it, it falls under the bucket of diversity and inclusion. Um, and so, you know, if you're going to talk about it, you have to look to see where it fits in an organization. And so I'm going to ask you if you could just, if you have a piece of paper in front of you, we're not going to really talk about it, but I want you to look at this question. When you hear people refer to diversity and inclusion, do you differentiate, differentiate between the two? So meaning is diversity and inclusion, is it, the, do they have the same definitions or are they different? So I don't want you to answer per se. You can answer, you know, on your to yourself. But I just want you to think about that for a second. So I'm just going to pause just for one quick minute and think about that. Is there is there 
is diversity and inclusion, do they have different definitions or are they same or are they the same? And when you talk about them in your organization or you know where you're from, do you see them, are they being interchanged as the same definition? I'll give you a second to think about that. All right, so hopefully you have your, your brain is turning a little bit. Um, the second question is, do you think the same set of initiatives designed to achieve diversity goals allow an organization to include um, uh, to achieve inclusion goals? OK, so there's another question that I would love for you to think about. Again, you're probably saying, Tamika, how does this all relate to unconscious bias? But we will talk about this moving forward because it really it does fall under the bucket of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, really. Um, but we'll talk about this a little bit. So I'm going to move to the next slide. And then if you have any questions, or we can discuss, you know, this question um, at the end. So before I get started uh, moving a little forward on, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page of some four definitions that I'm going to give to you. Um, again, we're just going to go over this quickly. Um, so bias prejudice in favor of or against one thing, person or group compared with another, usually in a way that's considered to be unfair, right? So, you know, you think of, you know, maybe if you have children, they might say, oh, you know, mom, you're so biased because, you know, she's the oldest, right? So we look at that that's that's an example of that an unconscious bias is stereotypes prejudice labels influence or what or who we see assigning all the characteristics or traits to all individuals um and so again this is when you know based on your experiences things that you've seen in life things that you've read about that you've seen on tv then you start uh you know developing certain prejudices or or labels when you see somebody or you're Signing a trait to somebody. So we are, this is what the focus is today. So we will come back to this definition. And then again, as I said, it's important that, you know, unconscious bias falls under these buckets of diversity and inclusion. So when I asked you in the beginning, you know, the definitions of diversity and inclusion, I just wanted to put those out there because they are very separate. A lot of times we interchange, we say, you know, diversity is inclusion, but it's really not, right? So Diversity is the condition of having or being composed of different elements. What are the elements? Race, gender, age, religion, disability, sexual orientation, ethnicities, or inclusion definition is an environment where everyone has an opportunity to fully participate in creating business success and where each person feels valued for his or her distinctive skills, experiences, and perspectives. We call this, a lot of psychologists will say, you know, inclusion is psychological safety, right? How is someone feeling when they're in, in that environment? Do they feel like they can speak up without it being held against them? And a lot of this, again, falls under, um, you know, ties into unconscious bias. So we are going to keep moving um, right along. And I just want to talk about this a little bit because unconscious bias, right? How does it start? Where does it begin? Now, first of all, I want to say that if you are saying, oh, Tamika, you know, I I'm not, I don't have any unconscious biases. Well, first of all, then I'm sorry, you're lying, right? We all have <laughs> some sort of bias or we have unconscious bias towards something. So that's the first thing really is that we really have to be able to say, you know what, 
I have I have a bias against something and I need to find out what it is so that I can keep it in check so that I can see it when I am going, you know, off track and being biased towards someone. All right. So when we talk about that, remember I mentioned traits. I wanted us to kind of look at some of the traits that um, are as we you know, part of unconscious bias, right? So you have your visible traits, diversity traits that you can see. You can see skin color. You can see physical traits. You can see behaviors. You can see, you know, someone's physical abilities. But what you can't see are the invisible diversity traits, right? You cannot see just by looking to to someone, a lot of times their religion. You can't see if they have military experience. You can't see um, what their personality is just by looking at them. You do not know um, their habits. You do not know their sexual orientation. So how does this all play into, um, you know, unconscious bias, all right? So think about this. Unconscious bias, these traits that are, um, you know, that we see and we assign when we see these traits, the the uh, the visible ones, a lot of times we assign what we think about these individuals right away, right? So meaning that, so if someone can mute their phone or I mean their computer, I can just, I'm picking up a lot of background noise. So um, that would be really helpful. Thank you. Um, I apologize. So um, what I was saying was a lot of times because of our environment, where we have grown up to um, around what we've read, how, you know, our parents have been raised. A lot of times we hear things and then we start assigning when we see those people, you know, how we feel about them, depending on how we were raised, we start assigning different traits to them. Okay, we start assigning different ways that we think they're going to behave, right? So I like to, you know, give this example. I'm actually going to move on to the. Um, I'm going to move on to the next slide, but I like to give this example of. Let's say that your favorite color is red and you are a hiring manager, and someone comes dressed to the interview in a red suit, right? Now, most of us might say, oh my gosh, they came to the interview um, in a red suit, but let's say again, your favorite color is red. So when you, you have two people that you're interviewing for the position, one is in a red suit, one is in a green suit, okay? This is just an example probably no one would show up to an interview like that. But you have two people that are, one's in a red suit, one's in a green suit, right? Your bias is that you favor the person in the red suit. So what happens on that? Based on, you know, you having that favorite color of red, you're saying, listen, I like red. So I already know that because I like red, I'm a nice person. I, you know, I can work well. Right. So when that person in the red suit comes into interview, you approach them differently. Right. You approach them like, hi, how are you? Very soft, because this person, again, they like red, so they must be like me. Right. Versus the person in the green suit, you hate the color green. So when that person comes up to you, automatically your perception is that they don't know how to pick colors, right? They don't necessarily um, like the same things I do. So when you're interviewing these people, 
you are going to probably have different personalities with each one. The person in the red, you're going to be a little bit more friendly with, right? The person in the green, you're probably not going to be a little bit more friendly. So what happens because of these automatic traits that you've assigned to someone based on your environment, based on how you are raised, a lot of times that's where your unconscious bias really can come in because in this situation you're saying, listen, that person dressed in a green, um, a green suit. So therefore they're probably not like me. They probably won't act like me. We won't get along, but you haven't even learned about them. You haven't even, um, you know, necessarily called a reference on them or seen their work, how great they are. And this is really how unconscious bias works. So what happens a lot of times, as far as like a psychological perspective, when we see others that do not look like us, that are dissimilar, oftentimes we have these expectations of people that, um, you know, are dissimilar you know, to us, we, we come up with these kind of, you know, off the wall expectations, off the wall perceptions, and then we have these off the wall interactions, right? And so this is how unconscious bias is formed because we start to see, you start to get, you know, scared of people that are dissimilar to you. And so what happens is that when that person comes in and talks to you for the job, you've automatically assigned some of those traits that you may not like that we talked about in the previous slide. Some of those traits start coming up and, you're, and you say, oh, the person in the green, you know, they're probably going to be hard to work with. And you start to push those resumes away or push those people that, you know, like the color green and they could be great people but because you don't like the color green then they're not going then you just assume that they're not going to work they're not going to be able to work at your company so this is just an example it's a crazy example with colors but really this is how um unconscious bias happens this is how you know it starts and when it's left unchecked that's when it really becomes dangerous because we start shutting out people that are dissimilar to us and hence that's when we talk about diversity, right? That's when we talk about inclusion because automatically you start assigning traits to people based on your assumptions of them of, you know, or based on how you feel that they do not act like you. So again, expectations, you know, what does expectations mean? You know, you're looking forward to how this person would act. So in this color, you already know that person likes red, they're going to be fine, right? That's what you say to yourself. The perception is understanding, you know, this person probably, you're assuming how this person is going to act because the perception is, is that they like red. So again, your interaction is when I talk to them, I'm going to talk to them very, you know, soft. I'm going to approach them soft, right? So a lot of all this plays into that unconscious bias piece. And I like to talk about this a little bit because what happens is when you have this, for example, let's just say you have, um, you're in a meeting or someone's in a room and it could be a room full of, let's, you know, for example, let's talk about gender a little bit. It can be a room full of men. 
And because, you know, the perception is that, you know, she doesn't speak up enough or, you know, she doesn't speak up enough. So, you know, cast her over for a position. The problem is, is that you, the expectations of the men in the room is that she doesn't speak up enough. Whereas no one has asked the question, well, why doesn't she speak up enough? Do we always talk over her when she's trying to um, speak up? And so what happens from that, then she starts getting all these traits assigned to her. You know, she's not aggressive enough. Um, she's not going to do her work because she doesn't speak up. Right. So those little those little traits and bits really play into um, unconscious bias and how it, it can play into diversity within the organization, promotion within the organization. Uh, so I'd like to get those examples. Sorry. And talk and talk a little bit about that as I talk about unconscious bias. Hey, I know the fact that you are listening to this means that you like to stay ahead of your peers. You like to stay informed. It also means you probably have formed your own opinions. Well, I'd like you to bring those opinions and join my friend Tor, Solar Fred, Valenza, and myself as we host the revival of our great debate series. That's right. We're partnering with North America Smart Energy Week Road to New Orleans and bringing you five installments of our great solar debate, starting things off on May 26th with residential solar financing, which is the best form for consumers. Leasing, PPAs, or PACE. We have some exciting guests, including the head of policy for Sonova that are going to join us. And I hope that you will as well. You can find details at mysuncast.com. Check out the banner we have there for the great solar debate. You can also find the event on my own LinkedIn page linked there as an event. You can find me on LinkedIn or go to mysuncast.com. It's easy. Click on the button, register right there. You don't want to miss it. Put it on your calendars for May 26th, the great solar debate. Hope you'll join us. Back in February, fellow solar warrior Ravi Mickelson revealed in episode 345 that the world's top banks funneled nearly $2 trillion into fossil fuels since the Paris Accord signing, despite their lip service towards climate and renewables. If that gets under your skin as much as it did mine, then let Ravi's fast-growing fintech banking platform, Atmos, help you align your purpose with your pocketbook, your cause with your cash. And you can know that it's never supporting interests or industries misaligned with your personal mission. Start your financial journey at joinatmos.com forward slash suncast. Hey, by now, I'm sure you've probably heard about our mission-minded program, getting your dream job in clean energy in 12 weeks. Our current cohort has given us great feedback and kudos, I might add, as they go through the material and our coaching calls. You can see more about what this program looks like at suncast.vip. That's our brand bank and new webpage to talk about the mission-minded program. That's also where you can send friends, family, neighbors, colleagues that you know who might need a little extra help, a little guidance to find that dream job in clean energy. Our mission-minded program cohort is ongoing right now. We are taking a waiting list for our next cohort. I'd encourage you to do two things. One, send anyone you know that might be interested. Two, those of you who are so inclined, please go check out suncast.vip and email me, nico at mysuncast.com. 
as I mentioned, when we talk about I'm using, I'm going to stick to gender diversity, as you can see in Massachusetts, and as you think of the example that we talked about earlier when I was taught introducing myself and talking about the internship program, again, um, for those of you that do not know about the, the demographics, the clean energy demographics in Massachusetts, you can see here some of our numbers. And so we have about 30% of women that are in clean energy. We have 30% of the clean energy industry are women, okay, versus the 51% that are working women in Massachusetts, right? And so, again, this goes back to the beginning when I introduced myself, you know, for the internship program. They were bragging about this program, but it, we only had 2% women. And why is that? Because unconscious bias can often play into, again, we're talking about unconscious bias is when you are, uh, when you are not liking something that's dissimilar to you. Right. So here we have in Massachusetts, we have the clean energy industry. We have all these great companies that are run. I'm looking at gender diversity for a second that are run by men. Right. And they come from these elite institutions um, that are in Boston and they form these companies. And while they are small in startup, oftentimes they will hire someone that looks like them. Right. And so look like them, meaning the person has gone to an elite institution, you know, they finished their degree in four years, meaning that they do not want to talk to someone that's gone to a community college. They do not want to talk to someone that um, has gone to a public institution. And so when I talk to different employers and I'm asking them, you know, why is it that you will not hire a community college student? You know, they tend to say, well, you know, they, they don't understand what it's like to, you know, work hard or they don't understand what it's like to have to go through these rigorous academic programs at my institution. And I have to remind them that in most cases, community college students are working and going to school. And so when they start, when I start saying, well, you know, most of them also are balancing the work life with the school life, with the family life, right? And I start saying all these traits and all the things that, you know, community college students offer, that's when their eyes kind of open. And, I'm, and I say to them, listen, you have a bias against anyone that is in a public institution or is in a two-year institution. And so you could see a lot of these numbers in Massachusetts specifically for the clean energy industry does reflect a lot around unconscious bias because we have a we have men that are in charge of these companies and you know sometimes some of them they just refuse to hire women and then when we talk about it from a race perspective you can see how unconscious bias can play also plays into who gets hired again because when you have hiring managers out there um you know, seeing the different resumes come in, they invite people in. Again, remember we talked about perception in the last slide. So if, if I see on your resume that you went to the same university as I did, again, you don't know anything about me, but just that perception that everyone that went to the same university is going to act like me, they're going to work like me, they're going to dress like me. And that's when we really try to break down unconscious bias, because if we don't, and if you don't keep it in check, again, you will, you will have people at your company that are dissimilar to you, right? And so we see this a lot when you look, when you read articles, especially from Forbes, and they talk about the, the Fortune 500 companies, you know, of all the women, of all the companies, uh, 4%, I believe, are led by women. Um, and you can go check those statistics. So it's like, you know, 
you mean to tell me that there's only 4% out of the 500, you know, CEOs and, and executive team that we could find to lead these organizations. So you can really see it in some of these companies that are not addressing unconscious bias, that are not addressing diversity, that are not addressing inclusion. And right now, you know, in this country, you know, you know where we are, you, you know, you see what's on TV um, the various initiatives around, you know, equity, you know, inclusion. We talk, you know, you see Black Lives Matter. We all know what happened with um, George Floyd. So right now, everyone's ears are open, which is a good thing. It's it's a great thing, but it's important to realize that it's it's not just, you know, have your ears open. It, it's, it's more, what are you doing personally? If you're a hiring manager or if you're in, you know, that C-suite, what are you doing to make sure that your organization is really um, not just paying attention and trying to piecemealing, but you're really bringing in training and the proper people to make sure that they're your company and that the unconscious biases are really checked across the board so that really you can see the diversity in your company come to light. You can see that equity come to light and you can see that inclusion come to light. Okay. So, you know, Again, us talking today, the 30 minutes that we're spending here, the 40 minutes that we're spending here, it's just a conversation. Um, and it, it's not, it is not, we're not going to accomplish everything that needs to be accomplished talking about unconscious bias. But I would encourage you to, um, before you know, you think about bringing or starting conversations at your company or bringing ideas back to your company, I would encourage you to go on this website and take a, a, an implicit, you know, bias test and take two of them. I always say take two of them; they're free. You just gotta, you know, check off. You know, I consent. Um, no one's going to track you. And I would encourage you to take one of these tests to see where your own unconscious biases. And and one thing that I just want to point out is that when you are taking these tests and you go back and have discussions, you know, at your company, no one is a bad person because they have an unconscious bias, right? Because we all have them. It's really what you do so that you're not having that unconscious bias and how you move forward and how you're continually practicing bringing that unconscious bias um, in check. So I just want to say that, you know, when you take this test and, and you find out, you know, what it is that you kind of, you know, lean towards of being dissimilar and, and, and it makes you scared, it does not make you a bad person. And I think that's important to know. So I just wanted to say that again, because th again, this workshop is just to get your mind thinking. That's all it is. It's not meant to, you know, solve anything today because that would take continuous uh, process improvement of, of training. So I just want to, you know, point that out for a few minutes. Um, so I encourage you all to go on this link um, and, you know, shoot me an email if you want, if, you know, later on to say, listen, I took the test and, um, you know, I was very surprised or, you know, how do I, how do we as individuals or company work towards, um, you know, resolving some of these unconscious biases within our organization? All right. So as we're talking about this, again, this is short. Just wanted to give you everyone a little introduction on unconscious bias. I wanted to share with you a best practice, really, because as we talk about unconscious bias and how do we implement it into our organization uh, with your hiring managers, it's not just about hiring managers. It is about, again, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So how does this work, right? How, does, how, how do we incorporate this training? Because I will say that if you have ideas about unconscious bias and you just bring it back 
to your organization and you do not have the buy-in of your top leaders in the organization around diversity, equity, inclusion, and you want to address some of those unconscious uh, biases around, you know, your hiring, your recruiting, your retention, your promotion, then it simply will not work. Okay. So unconscious bias, as we're talking about it and we want to address it, it really has to start from the top down. And this is just a, a little slide that I created to show, you know, how it works. So if you look at, um, the top of, I'm sorry, the right of your screen, you'll see that the top leader of the organization is the face of diversity and inclusion, you know, around the campaign um, because, you know, they have the commitment to invest. They have the resources. They know how to lead. So usually this is like the president, the CEO, the CFO, the CPO um, that kind of leads this, this initiative. And what they say is they have, um, you know, that whether it's campaign uh, emails to staff, we are going to work on this component, unconscious bias, and we're going to work on our diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, this is what we're going to do. And so that person communicates the message and also says that we are going to uh, work on unconscious bias uh, and training, and it's going to be incorporated into performance reviews, right? Because we all know what happens with performance reviews. That's how we get our promotions. Um, that's how we get our raises. That's how we advance in our career. Again, I know it's COVID. So this year, you know, it's pretty unstable, you know, as far as raises, but it really does help um, as you incorporate unconscious bias training into um, performance reviews. So once you have the top leader, you know, addressing the situation, the problem of why there's lack of diversity in the organization, um, why there is, uh, you know, a lack of hiring of diverse candidates, gender, you know, gender diverse as well, um, then, you know, that message is kind of translated to the senior leaders of the organization. So the senior leaders participate in unconscious bias training. Um, they learn how to, to incorporate it into the performance reviews. Um, and usually people that are leading this are your senior vice presidents, your HR directors, if you have a diversity and inclusion director um, at your organization. And from there, so now it starts, you know, moving down. And then um, you know, the lower management, that's when, you know, we call them the middle leaders organization of the organization or the entry level uh, job positions. That's when they also participate in training. Um, there's employee resources that are giving to them and they also can see how it's implemented into, um, you know, their performance reviews, right? So as we talk about this unconscious bias, if we're really going to address it within um, different organizations, it really has to start from the top bottom, from the top down to the bottom. It cannot start from, you know, the bottom and then go up to the top. It just will not happen. Everyone has to be on board. You know, this has to be an initiative within the organization and everyone has to see that this is real. This is not just a company trying to do, you know, a piecemeal, trying to address unconscious bias or, you know, trying to, um, you know, you know, answer to the world right now that um, everything that's happened in the world around, you know, George Floyd, try to come up with this kind of, you know, piecemeal campaign. It really needs to be something that is shown and how it's going to, you know, progress. You know, the benchmarks are set. This is where our organization is. This is where we want to be in a couple of years. Again, because I, you know, remember saying in the beginning that this is not something that you accomplish in one day. It's not definitely not something we're going to accomplish, you know, in 30 minutes, but this is something that can be worked on, you know, for the life of the company, right? 
So with that said, um, I know I'm probably coming down to my time. Um, I just always like to look at um, role models for um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and really companies that have addressed, um, you know, unconscious bias. And if you go on a lot of these websites, for instance, um, Deloitte Audit, I mean, their company structure, the activities that they have um, that is open for past, present, and future members of their company, I think is a great example of how they address um, unconscious bias through, you know, whether they're talking about promotion, whether they're talking about retention of their companies. That's just a great conversation. These are all companies that um, are great conversation starters. Uh, Noresco is a company um, located in Massachusetts as well. Um, Noresco has employee resource groups around looking at, you know, um, gender equity for the company, right? And so a lot of that, you know, focuses on unconscious bias. And then again, you know, the other companies are not necessarily in the clean energy industry, but I think that they are definitely examples of, you know, how we can really address our um, unconscious biases. So I just wanted to give you guys some um, examples of how we can, how you can bring some of these um, ideas back to your organization. And that was my 30-minute spiel on unconscious bias. So I wanted to say thank you. Um, again, you know, I have a book out, A Brown Girl's Guide to Employment and Networking. Um, and it really gives us, it's, it's for everybody really, but it just really gives a focus and a shout out to um, the brown girls all over the world um, as we deal with unconscious bias when you go for, um, you know, an interview or you are trying to network. Um, it just shares some tips on, you know, how you can really make sure that you are building your own network, even if you're an introvert or an extrovert, and how we can get around some of those unconscious bias. I also have a Facebook group um, that has women in the group where we post, you know, jobs. We talk about, um, you know, the different unconscious biases that we faced. Um, so you can also join there. It's the same title of the book, A Brown Girl's Guide to Employment and Networking. And thank you so much um, just for listening to my 30-minute uh, you know, ideas about unconscious bias. Well, that's going to leave you with a lot to think about, I know, Solar Warrior. So while you're thinking, I hope you took notes. I hope that this has been useful for you, not just in your career, but your own personal growth and development. It certainly was for me. I want to thank Tamika once again for being a mentor to our Suncast tribe and for sharing on how to identify and overcome unconscious bias. I hope that you'll check out Tamika's LinkedIn profile, which you can find at the show notes on mysuncast.com. Just click on the show notes tab. That's also where you will find all of the other ways to engage with Tamika and in fact, the other previous episodes and guests as well. You can find social media links, book recommendations, and so much more. I really hope that you're enjoying Suncast and if that's true, I'd like you to consider leaving us a rating and review in iTunes or Spotify or wherever it is that you are listening. I'm thanking you once again for listening all the way through the episode, hanging out here with me in what is in the industry known as the outro. I hope that you will take a chance to share this content with others if you thought that it was useful. Certainly this topic in particular might be one that is particularly useful inside your organization, inside your friend group. I'd be honored if you would tag me on LinkedIn. Let me know what you're taking away from it or how we can bring even more content like this or 
bring better conversations to the community. A special thank you finally to our sponsors who help make this podcast possible and free to you. You can learn more about the sponsors and all of our other opportunities for you to engage with the community by going to that website I've mentioned a couple of times, mysuncast.com. Follow all the links for offers, demos, cool benefits from our partners and cool ways to engage with activities like our mission-minded program or the Suncast Guild. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle. <laughs>